Congratulations, you found it! This is a book podcast featuring books you will want to read, recommended by people who are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Featuring Martha Steele, radio personality extraordinaire and queen of the volunteer librarians, Nicole Shaded, sports animal wrangler, shield maiden, and book warrior, and Vonnie Golden, healthcare billing diva, volunteer librarian, and book goddess. Together, slaying the dragons, catching serial killers, exploring history, space-time, and alternative realities, searching for and finding book treasures every week. They are three book girls. The problem with taking pictures of women is they always hate their pictures. And if you have three women in the picture, then one of them is always going to freaking hate the picture. We're taking pictures, can you tell? Are we recording? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even at my thing. I don't have stuff up. Are you listening to us? Actually, I love this one. That's a really good one. But this is the one Martha hates. But so See, crop me out of it and use a different one that I look decent instead of like an old hag. I this is not shiny. the witch's episode, I look like I'm, I look like I'm pushing my boobs up on you. I'm going to show it to you when you haven't been drinking, Martha, and <laughs> well, I think you'll like it a little bit. Don't tell them better. I've been drinking. Maybe. No, actually, you're going to know this anyway, people, because we're celebrating. Woohoo! <laughs> we're celebrating. Woo! Am I the only one I that's excited that about this? Bad. They're too busy I, looking at their photos. Yes. Yeah, well, it's because, well, I know that my front camera isn't. Why do you have a picture of somebody's ass on your camera? Oh, because Leah was making fun of me because I told Travis uh, I like his butthole, and it's because he actually has holes in his <laughs> jeans. So I took a picture of his jeans. So you're saying now I'm looking at then she was trying to she was trying to butthole. blackmail me with. Butthole pictures? No, with my statement of I like your butthole. So I took pictures of the buttholes I was talking about, and it's not buttholes, it's, well, and there's multiple holes in the jeans. I was going to say, if you have multiple buttholes, that's a problem. That would yeah. be a very big problem. That would have might a need problem. to go see a GI doctor. <laughs> and I'm but sure it is you possible, could recommend a good one for us, right? Yeah. It got really dark in here. It is really dark. Well, you turn the lights it's off. Friday the 13th. Oh. Did you? I forgot about that. <laughs> we had to turn the lights way down low to take our pictures because we're really frightening. <laughs> we are a little Friday frightening. We are really frightening. Was somebody moving the vodka bottle when I took that picture? That vodka bottle's in the picture. Moving. It's just our resident ghost. I'm just kidding. I mean, I don't mind sharing. I think, yeah, Martha was trying to arrange things and didn't realize you were actually taking a picture right then. Are you sure it was me and not the ghost? Could have been that, Martha. We've already established that ghosts are quite randy. I already took a very ghosty picture of myself tonight. Yes, Nicole took a picture and she looked like she was shining. Ooh, and speaking of which, that's awfully like my book. I'll tell you about that in a minute. I would just like you guys to know I've screamed many times this week. Reading your book? No. Screamed because you're excited? No. Because? There's a spider. So I, I got very scared several times this week, so I'm definitely in the Halloween spirit. <laughs> That's cool. Okay, so d- cool. did anybody read a spider book, Nicole? No. Read a spi- I'm not talking. I'm just saying. Just in general. Scared. Right? We are just In talking. general, Halloween. Oh in general. And there were spiders in my house, and that's very terrifying. Spiders are fairly terrifying. Very, very, very terrifying, especially when they're like that big. And that's not an exaggeration. She's doing the fish story thing. <laughs> and it was that big. It oh was my huge. God, it was huge. No lie. And it came back. And I tried to kill it and then it disappeared. So now I can't go to the bathroom in my house anymore because <laughs> it's somewhere in my bathroom. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Spider. Hello. <laughs> I didn't really mean it when I tried to kill you. Please don't come out and bite my ass while I'm peeing. <laughs> so what we're celebrating is this. We are celebrating that Book Riot put us in an article of 15 outstanding podcasts. Just Very for excited. anybody listening that doesn't know what Book Riot is, Book Riot is a news website for people who like books. Um, they have everything from, they have their own podcast. Um, they ha- They make videos. Uh, they do... They sell book-related tchotchkes. Yep. They do lots of lists. Um, and then The they, lists are usually the ones that yeah. I repost on our Facebook page because mm-hmm. they're always so good. Yeah. And then they talk a lot, a lot about like new releases and all that stuff. It's literally anything re- to do with the book. They've got it. So if you are a literary lover, 
you probably already know about this website, but if not, it's called Book Riot. And our breaking news regarding Book Riot is... We got listed. Yeah. Getting listed. Because we're always talking about the list. The fact that we're actually included in in one of the lists. I know. It's pretty awesome. It's incredible. And I will say that Martha texted this to me when I was driving home from work and I almost got into a car wreck when I read it. What? You didn't tell me that. (laughs) And I was like, what? I was like, oh, shit, the road. (laughs) Yeah, I totally couldn't believe it. I was scrolling down. I was looking at all these different podcasts. I'm like, yeah, that one's not as good as ours. That one's not as good as ours. Actually, I wasn't thinking that at all. all. I was thinking, oh, I haven't heard that one or that one or, oh, my God, that's us. (laughs) Kind of how it went. Yeah. And then I had to double check to make sure it was us by clicking on it. (laughs) Did it link to our stuff and everything? That's awesome. I didn't. Like, um, actually click on I it. I did the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now that I was we're... wondering if it was us because it was like three in their book girls, but there was no spaces between it. And I was yeah. like, this is, I don't know. We never really like clarified our yeah. things. And, and that, then... the picture that they used is a picture that we had up like a, like a few months, like six or seven yeah, months ago. Yeah, it's been a ago. while ago since we had that picture up. So I don't know how long ago they were preparing this article, but. Well, well, I kind of thought about it, and I thought, you know, the picture that we have up right now is us. They might have to get our permission to use our pictures on the actual website, because oh, none no. of those other um, podcasts had actual people in them. You're right. So, they were all logos and stuff. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Still pretty damn awesomely cool. <laughs> right. I'm So thank you, excited. thank you, thank you, thank you, Book Riot. You rock our world. You did anyway. You still do. Mm-hmm. Even if you didn't love us, we would still love you. Well, as you know, this is another of our theme shows. And if you check out our, well, of course, if you're listening to this podcast, you're looking at the picture of our shenanigans from this night because we brought all our props in and we brought our cocktail glasses and took some scary pictures to go with our serial killer episode, episode. which is tonight. What? <laughs> It's a lot of scary shit right there. So serial serial killers was a particularly difficult challenge for me. And it's not because I don't read serial killer novels. It's because I do. Yeah. So I'm like, you want me to pick just one? I know. And then the other, my issue was like my favorite serial killer books we've already talked about. I know. I know. Well, actually, there are But there's few. so many. Yeah, I know. But but it works really well for our Halloween theme. And um, Bonnie's crunching ice from her beverage. Away. These glasses are really hard not to throw some ice in your mouth. Though, I know. They're, they're big, scary, wicked looking. They're very cool, though. They are cool. I've been saving I- these for <clears throat> a special occasion for like three years. They were still in the box. <laughs> <laughs> I hope everybody listening is enjoying my slurping of my adult beverage. <laughs> well, Me we too. have to celebrate with everyone else, right? Cheers. So, so in a way, Clink. everybody raise a glass. It here doesn't matter if it's Woo, not cheers. alcoholic. Woohoo! So here we go. Slurp. Mmm. Adult beverages are delicious. I'm gonna just go through this litany. Litany is that the right word I want to use? I want to I want to go through a uh, an extensive list of Books that you should read if you're interested in reading a really good serial killer novel. And Nicole, feel free to chime in on this one, okay? Got it. I was sort of thinking about some of the ones that creep me out the most. Mm-hmm. Silence of the Lambs has got to be right up there with one of the creepiest serial killer novels of all time. And that has actually made the lists. Yes. I think I love Silence of the Lambs. You, you I don't one think who, it's creepy or scary. I think it's so intriguing. You didn't read it but, until we talked about it yes, on the podcast. But the Buffalo Bill parts, you don't think that was creepy? There's like aspects of it, but in no point. I, like you're reading it and you're like, oh, that's creepy. But never am I like, oh my God, oh, I don't know well, what's yeah, going to happen. Yeah, like, I guess yeah right there's like that. creepy aspects to the crime, but it's more of an intriguing book. Yeah. Does that make sense? But it is at the top of my list on favorite serial killer novels. And I'm going to throw Stephen King's Mr. Mercedes in there. Haven't read it. 
that I one. That one either. Yeah, I'd always been a little sketched out by dudes who drive ice cream ice cream trucks. <laughs> always, <laughs> ever since I was a little kid. Yeah. And this one features a serial killer who, in his spare time, drives an ice cream truck. And it is seriously freaking creepy. <laughs> so I'm going to have that one up there. I'm also going to put a, a mention in to The Snowman by Joe Nesba, which, of course, if you've been watching your television at all in the last two weeks, you will realize is coming out as a movie next week. Oh. And he, Joe Nesba, I have talked about him before with his main character, Harry Hole, or Harry Hula, however you want to pronounce that for the Nor- our Norwegian listeners, um, of which we do have Norwegian listeners now. Thank mm-hmm. you very much to Book Riot. Um, I, I've liked all of his books. The snowman was particularly creepy because, you know, they find a snowman near the, near the murder scene. All of those books as a whole deserve attention because they were all very good and very dark and very creepy. Mm-hmm. But... Once again, there's a fine line when you're talking about serial killer books, and we were discussing this earlier, Vani and I, about how a lot of times the book is really about the detective and not about the crime. Or about the killer Or about the killer itself. See, I really like the books that talk a lot about the killer because it's like you can get into his mind and know why. I mean, they're messed up anyways, but... It, it's nice when you kind of, I don't know, mm-hmm. know that's, what they're thinking. And that's one of my favorite reasons for loving Silence of the Lambs and mm-hmm. the entire Hannibal series. Okay, what <laughs> were the books you mentioned so far? Inclo- or Mr. Mercedes. Mr. Mercedes. No. Inclo- Snowman. Or, oh, I was going to talk about Dexter, too. Dexter, like the TV show or the book? No, the books. There's books? Yeah. Yes. How many books? A bunch. Aw, man. Yes. <laughs> and I like that we were talking about from the point of view of the serial killer. Mm-hmm. Really, really like Dexter for a couple of different reasons. Number one, you get into their, you get into his head. Mm-hmm. It's written from his perspective. Yeah, so but you, isn't Dexter like a serial killer that helps the police solve crimes too? He technically for... no. Well, he is. He's a blood spatter um, expert who works for the police department. Yeah. However. He's not trying to solve those crimes. He's actually still committing crimes while working. But for the he tries department. to justify it and say like he's killing this person because it's because a rapist or this, right. Yeah. So he he's looks just up, bad people. He he basically uses his job as uh, working for the police department to look up people who he feels deserve to be killed. Yeah. Because he's mm-hmm. he has these urges. <laughs> yeah. That he has to to kill. Yeah. And I so I've not seen. Or read the book, obviously, but in the TV show, they like refer to his past and kind of like why he is that way too. So yeah, they do in the books. Yeah, yeah. I tried to. I read one of the books, but I didn't go on to read. I read the first one, but I didn't go on to read any more. I loved them. I have to go read them. They weren't interesting enough to me. But again, serial killer books aren't really something I read a lot. Yeah. Another one I'd like to mention: uh, the author Chelsea Kane. And her main character, serial killer, is a woman. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Which is very rare. What's that one? Um, I'm trying to think of the name. Hold on. I got to look that up. Heartsick. That's the, the... Heartsick is the first one, then Kill You Twice, then Evil at Heart, then The Night Season, then One Kick. Very well written, very suspenseful, uh, fast moving, exciting, mm-hmm. creepy as Fuck. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Chelsea can't, yeah. See why I'm having a hard time picking one? Because there are so many different ones. Oh, yeah. And I was like, well, how do I pick? Well, and then I was thinking, like, Cuckoo's Calling. But technically, that's not a serial killer book. No. That's a detective novel. Right. But it's still interesting. Like, it, it mm-hmm. I feel like it's set apart from most of that genre. Yeah, and... I mean, there's three in that series, and by the time you get to the last book, it gets dark. Mm-hmm. That last book is really dark. Yes. In the Cuckoo's Calling. Yes. Tr- trilogy. Mm-hmm. I liked all of those as well, but but serial killers, I think, offer 
a couple of things. They offer the reader to have this puzzle to solve. And it's not just one tiny puzzle like it would be with one murder. Mm-hmm. It's like this massive, you know, 5,000 piece puzzle that's going to take you a while to put it all together. Um, and it also a look into a really frightening, creepy mind. Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay, if you had to grade like a novel on serial killers, what would your criteria be? You mean... Like, okay, so... What are you looking for when you read a serial killer book? So, like, as an example, mine would be, I don't want to know the ending, like, two pages into the book. I want to be able to... I don't want to be able to guess it. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to be surprised, or at least, like, feel a little bit surprised. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's... Most serial killer books are still mysteries. Right. Um, I don't want it to be like the exact same book I've read 600 times. See, and that's the hard part right there. Yeah. Is finding something unique enough and the the approach be unique enough that it's not just another detective novel. Yeah. So the serial killer has to be really, really Mm -hmm. messed up. The other thing is uh, how in depth do you go into the, like the murder? Like who... Whether it be a serial killer or if you're just reading a murder mystery. Right. Um, because why is that person doing this? Exactly. Like the psychology, their background, like how are they, how is the author presenting this to you? And like what are you learning from it? Sometimes I find that the most thrilling serial killer novels are those in which you're getting a glimpse of the serial killer's mind all along mm-hmm. through little snippets. But you don't get quite enough information to identify that person. So it could be anybody. So then throughout the whole thing, you're like thinking, oh, that person could be. Or it could be this person. You know it's got to be somebody they've described up to that point. Yeah. And I think the maddest I get is if it's the first person I thought it was. Mm -hmm. Because then I will have figured it out within the first 30 pages or something. And I just read this whole book and I'd already figured it out. Then I get mad. Okay, well, you would really not like the two books that I read then about serial killers because they were true stories. You know who the serial killer is from the beginning. That's no fun. You yeah, have to figure it still... out. Although I have re- read books where the killer's identified right away and they don't catch him until much mm-hmm. later. They oh, can't figure out a way to catch him. Even if they present the serial killer to you in the beginning, which is fine, as long as... It's not some book where you know what the ending... Like, I want something to happen in the book where I'm like, there's some suspense, I'm learning something. Like, there's something's got to... Obviously, the climax of the plot. Agreed. We go into, you know... Agreed. 10th grade English lesson. All right. So now (laughs) now that we've determined all of those things, shall we proceed with our selections for the evening? You want to go first, B? What did you read? Um, I read... The Good Nurse by Charles Graber. And this is a true story. Mm-hmm. And it's about one of the most prolific serial killers in America. What? And because he killed hundreds of people. Oh, this was the Angel of Mercy guy. Right. What it is, is he's a nurse. And he has, you know, a bad childhood, bad upbringing. He becomes a nurse. And the first time he kills a patient, it's almost out of mercy. Because he works in the burn unit. And there's a young guy who comes in and he's, I I mean, he's going to die eventually. And he's just in agony because, and the character, Charles Cullen, the serial killer, puts drugs into his IV. So that he'll die? So that he dies. And of course, that's not investigated because everyone knew he was going to die. It wasn't a huge mystery that he died. Right. Well, he liked the way he felt about it and he so he kept doing it and he always worked in sections of the hospital that had high a high mortality rate like right, he worked like the, in the, like I, the er or the icu icu the burn units the icu and the burn units not the er he know he didn't really work in the er and oh. th- this guy's just not really right in the head i mean he's a little stalkery when he likes a, a girl and wants to date her. Uh, he gets way too clingy mm-hmm. and follows her to her house. 
One of them, he breaks into their house because he just wants to make sure that she's okay. So he throws a brick through the window and breaks into her house. He doesn't take anything. He doesn't do anything. But he breaks into her house to make sure that she's okay. Well, that's okay. And I mean, she's not home, but he tells her about it later and she calls the police. So, and of course, you know, it's just, you know, a disturbance call and, you know, yada, yada. He doesn't really get in very much trouble. But the <clears throat> while his crimes weren't extremely violent in nature, mm-hmm. the fact that he killed as many people as he did and the fact that he, his killing spree lasted for... Like 16 years. Jesus. And And of course, they didn't catch him because he worked in a hospital where people were dying anyway. Right. And what would happen is when they started to investigate and see that these patients weren't dying for things that they should be dying for, Mm -hmm. you know, because they would do autopsies and they didn't know how these drugs got in their system when, you know, they weren't on any of these drugs. There were no orders for them to have these drugs. Yeah. Well, the hospital didn't want to be shown at fault or have bad publicity. So when they figured out that it was this Charles Cullen, they would just fire him. Mm-hmm. And, but they told under the assumption, not under the assumption, the agreement that for his next job, they wouldn't tell them what he was actually fired for and they would give him a good recommendation. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Yeah. And that's how he went. He worked in like nine different hospitals. And one of the last hospitals that he worked in, in a year, he killed 23 people in one year. Jesus. You would think that all, all of those hospitals that just gave him a slap on the wrist would be prosecuted for that. That's one yeah. every two weeks. Yeah. Wow. Well, in a year. Well, obviously, you know, they changed laws so that they have to be a little more, I'm sure. But the guy wasn't arrested until 2003 in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I remember seeing that on the news. Well, and there's like a lot of copycat people now that do that. Mm -hmm. Well, and they're just finding a a lot about people who did that in like historically too. Like the women, what do they call them? The Black uh, Widows. Munch- oh, I thought you were going to say uh, Munchausen's by proxy people. No. Who just like the. Try to kill their kids and take them to the hospital. Oh, that's a whole other thing. No, like the women who are like caretakers of their kids or like. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Or they kill their husbands, but then blame it on other stuff. Or they're nurses and sit around wow. and kill people. Yeah. But I just thought it was. And really, I mean, while this guy was crazy. He wasn't really a extremely dangerous person. I mean, it's not like he attacked people on the streets, yeah, or anything. I mean, he killed people, so of course his crimes were extremely horrid. But he wasn't a violent person, so you couldn't help but kind of feel have sorry a little for bit him. of sympathy <laughs> feel sorry for, him. for him. But I mean, you could kind of maybe see where where his that it started out where his heart was in the right place, maybe. Right, and then he enjoyed it, and then it became a stress relief for him. Like when I'm having a bad day, I think I'll just go kill a patient. Well, like he was dating a woman, and they moved in together and stuff. And when the relationship started to get tough and started to go sour, well, then he would kill people because it made him feel better. Jeez. Lovely guy. It was, and it wasn't extremely scary or suspenseful. Because okay. you knew that the guy was the serial killer. You knew he was going to get Which caught. Which is one of the reasons I don't read true crime, but okay. But the scariest part of it is it's, the fact that he went to so many different hospitals and nobody said a freaking word. It was yeah. one of his uh, fellow nurses that went to the police and the police started the hospitals an investigation. didn't want anybody to know that it had been going on in, on their watch. Jesus. Right. Because if they got bad press, people wouldn't use their hospitals. They wouldn't make mm-hmm. money. Mm. So, and these are people that are supposed to care for you when you're sick. Yeah, that's yeah. the most terrifying thing to me. It yeah. is very and terrifying. He probably for me looked too. normal. He acted normal. He's literally supposed to be in charge of your care. 
Right. He's supposed to be the one. And then who... he's having a bad day and he's like, here, let me give you a little shot. Mm-hmm. And how many times when you're in the hospital with a sick relative that nurses just come in and out and they, you know, yeah. give a shot in the IV and stuff and you don't ever question it. No. And this guy was doing it and giving him drugs to kill him. Yeah. <gasps> you know, giving him a bunch of insulin and yeah, they go is... into insulin shock and die. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's insane. All right, just, so we've already established that that's a frightening book. You said you read two, though. I did. I read Because It's Me, and I love World War II. Oh, I found a be book. Nazis, I know it. <laughs> serial Killer and Nazi Berlin. Ooh, Nazis and Serial Killers. By Scott Andrew Sel- Selby. And this is a book about a gentleman, Paul Agorzo. Paul something German and <laughs> it was at the very beginning of World War II and um, he wasn't one of the ones that they sent that they drafted to go to the fronts for war um, and in Germany at the time they had a mandatory um, blackouts every night mm-hmm. so that enemy planes didn't know that that was a city and couldn't bomb them oh. because if you can't see them right. you think it's just you know open country well, he took advantage of this fact, and he started his crimes um, just scaring women in the dark, and he liked that. So he progressed, and he started hitting women in the dark. Then it progressed more, and he started raping women in the dark during these blackout times mm-hmm. in one specific section. It was called the garden section. There was one time that uh, he went to attack a woman, and he would beat her with a lead pipe because while he liked to attack women and he was violent, he didn't like for them to fight back. So he would try to hit them hard enough that they would be unconscious during his attack. So that way he wouldn't get caught. They can't see him if they're unconscious. Well, he went to attack one woman and there were people with him that he didn't realize. Well, then after that happened, he was afraid he was going to get caught. So he decided to change his, um, area his killing area and he started killing people on the s trains because a lot of the men were off at war the women's would be coming home from the factories and it would be night and they weren't allowed to turn on the light so everything Mm -hmm. would be dark and he actually that's creepy that is seriously creepy he would wait until there was only one woman in the s car with him and he worked for the railroad station so he knew how much time in between stations there were and while he didn't have time to sexually assault them he could still hit him with a club molest him with his hands a little bit and then throw him out the door before the next train before oh, the next station geez. and that's creepy because of the time period and the way that the nazis the nazi party thought and the fact that he was a family man with a wife and children mm-hmm and was part of the Nazi party, they he was overlooked at them thinking that he did this crime. Yeah. So, you know, they were looking at um, immigrant workers, um, Jewish individuals. They of were course, trying to... Blame, blame the people who you demonize for... Right. Yeah, when it turns out to be somebody in your own backyard. <laughs> mm-hmm. But by the time... And, of course, they didn't have DNA evidence back there. I mean, they couldn't take the sperm that was left over on the victims and test it for his back Mm -hmm. then. Mm -hmm. And by the time that he was caught, um, he had, and they probably didn't even charge him with all the crimes that he actually commit, but he was charged with 31 rapes and eight murders. And he was killed three days after his sentencing by guillotine. Whoa. I, I thought the shortness Off of the with time. His head. Yeah, they were like, "Like you're guilty, kill him right now." That was a Nazi thing, I think. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "I'm not paying to put that dude in jail. Just take off his head." Yeah. Off with his head. Well, the funny thing is, is after they killed him, they sent a bill to his wife for the use of the guillotine. Oh they charged God. his wife to kill her husband. Wow, well, harsh Nazi Nazi Germany for you. Yeah, yeah, but. I mean, that book, it was another true story. and mm-hmm. But at least that one was a little less familiar to us, so I might not have 
despised that one as much as I would have disliked that first one. I don't one. think that you would have liked the way that it was written. It was written very factual. Yeah. And um, because it was a true and a lot of it was just... I know, like me some dramatization in my murders. See, there was no dramatization. Dramatization like, in this. Yeah. I like the true ones better. Do you? Because that's scarier to me. Because like, somebody actually did that. There's really somebody out there that is would do that. That would get on a train and literally pick women off one by one yeah, by one. Yeah, now you're creeping me out just thinking about it. And the scariest thing is when they first, when they couldn't catch the killer, and but they knew that he was killing on the S train. They actually set up a program where they would have escorts for the women so that they weren't alone coming home from the factories and everything. Because, I mean, they're working for the war effort. Mm -hmm. And he was one of the ones that was picked to be an escort for the women. Really? Mm -hmm. So he would... I remember hearing about a little bit about that. So he would legitimately... (laughs) But yeah, like, so he was walking these women home... You know, promising to keep them safe, mm-hmm. and then he'd he turn the around and go along. kill them. See, mm-hmm. the, I think those are the ones that creep me out the most when it's somebody you're supposed to trust. Yeah, like it turns out to be the cop, mm-hmm. or it turns out to be, or the nurse that's supposed yeah, to be well, treating you. Yeah. She's so Hospital angry at that story anyway. that she can't read a book about it. I think yeah, maybe yeah. that's it. Yep, that would be it. I mean that's really and the sad thing is is I didn't grow I it, that's not very far where I, from where I grew up yeah as a little kid and my sister was in and out of the hospital all the time with surgeries Ugh. think about that's just that's freaky <sighs> but those freaky, are freaky the scariest to me are the real ones but we should mix it up a little bit and talk about your non true yeah. crime my non true story okay no the non true crime books. <laughs> I'm just going to keep calling it that to freak everybody out. Uh, I uh, They can be like way more creative. Right. And so there's that more gives suspense and everything in more. them because. So because they're, they get to, they have their creative license on writing this book, yeah. then they get to. As you know, I read a lot. Mm-hmm. And because I read a lot. They all start, sort of start to blend together after a while. And you have the detective who has a backstory, you know, looking into crimes and blah, blah, blah. I mean, yeah, it's good and everything. And I keep reading them. So obviously I like them. But I liked this one because it was so different. Okay. It is a Depression era Chicago drifter who. Is, is that the name starving. of it? No. Oh, okay. I guess I should tell you. Okay. Okay. The name of the book is The Shining Girls by Lauren Bucus. I started writing all that down. I'm like, that's a long name. <laughs> sorry. 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 The Shining Girls by, uh, she's from South Africa, the girl that wrote it. Now, it was interesting for a couple of reasons. For one thing, you, you got to look a little bit into the Great Depression mm-hmm. because it, it starts out and it's telling the story of this guy who is basically so hungry and so cold that he just can't bear it. And he goes to take shelter in this house. And when he goes in, the first thing that he sees is this dead guy on the floor. And the dead guy is holding a frozen turkey. Or no. Does he take the turkey out of I don't think it says frozen. It says a turkey. So he's so hungry that he takes the turkey from the dead guy and eats it. Wow. Yeah. Which is really super gross. It, it And this was hard for me. I, I think I wouldn't give it great high marks, just mainly because there were some sections of it that were so confusing. Holy crap, it was confusing. Because the house itself was between dimensions or something. So the guy would walk out the door in the 1930s, come back inside, and then go out out the door again or or maybe it's out the window to 1993 now did he pick the times that he wanted to go back to or no was it all no it, it was in the house the house was really the the like cornerstone i guess for for that part of it he finds in the house he finds money like a very large quantity of money so now he's not poor anymore. 
But somehow, and I guess I must have missed this somewhere listening to the audiobook. I can't figure out why he thought he had to kill these girls. I mean, he, he sees them and they shine. Hmm. And he, he'll walk up to one and he sees them when they're little kids in the 19 whatever whatever year it is that year. So do they all have something in common, all of these shining girls? Well, see, I don't know. I, I must have missed that part. Hmm. But he sees them when they're little kids and he tells them, I'm going to come back for you. And he gives them something. He gives them a, like the one girl he gives this little plastic horse to, right? So he gives her the plastic horse and tells her he's going to come back for her. And she's all waiting thinking someday this guy's going to come back, you know, in a nice way. Mm-hmm. I think there was only one that he said that he was going to come back and kill her. So then 20 years later, he comes back out of the blue and then murders them horribly, disembowels them, practically cuts their heads off. I mean, it's nasty, bad, horrible stuff. Yeah. And then he takes the trinket or whatever from them and then he'll go and put it in the house and display it. So it's almost like, you know what this makes me think of with the Shining Girls is um, a dirty job, how he sees the yeah, light. Yeah, I guess I didn't make that connection, but yeah. And maybe um, the trinket that he gives them collects their souls and the house eats, or that's how the house uses its energy or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm going totally sci-fi. <laughs> I don't know. But, I mean, I don't know. I didn't read this book, so that could be. But totally I, I almost quit reading it because it was really confusing the living shit out of me. I was really trying to follow it, trying to figure out because it jumped back and forth through so many different times that after a while, you're just shaking your head, trying to figure out what is going on here. Mm-hmm. But as time goes on, the story starts to double back on itself and you start to see some repeating things. And it's just really an interesting and different approach. And there's this one girl who he goes to kill and she actually survives. Oh. So she becomes almost his nemesis because she actually survived. And he comes back again and tries to kill her. Um, I don't know. I, I think it was it's worth a read. And I'm. If I had the time and inclination, I might actually go back and read it again to see what the hell I missed mm-hmm. the first time. Because uh, maybe I was distracted and just missed something. I don't know. Yeah. But I did read it because it was on one of those lists that Book Riot put out. Mm-hmm. I think it was Book Riot. Or it might have been one of the other lists that that I was reading. Because I was looking specifically for serial killer books to read for this podcast. Because I'd already had so many other choices. I thought, well, maybe I'll... You know, try to have something unique to talk about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was interesting. It was a different approach. I like the fact that there was a little bit of time travel in there. You know how I love time travel. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, Martha's going to pick the weird. Yeah, sci-fi, I had to. Yeah, I had fantasy, to have something. serial killer. Book. Something a little weird. And it was not horribly written. It's fairly well written, so it didn't annoy me. But it just, I, I got a little bit of whiplash from all of the different places and times that yeah. he was going to. It had a fantastic fucking ending, though. Did it? Yeah. I liked the ending. I thought it redeemed the rest of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's why I'm even talking about it tonight, because about halfway through the book, I really started to get in the stride, you know, and I'm like, okay, I can do this. This is really turning out to be pretty cool. Yeah. It sounds really interesting. It was it, it was extremely different. different. And see, that's the only thing that I was a little disappointed with in the books that I picked. I mean, they were good, and I I liked them, and I would recommend them to somebody, not you, because you wouldn't like them. <laughs> the way that they were written, but they weren't very suspenseful. They weren't there. There was no drama. I mean, the good nurse had more than the Nazi. The serial killer in Nazi Germany, but they still, I wanted to be scared and I wasn't scared. Ooh, I just read, I just read on uh, Wikipedia that um, Leonardo DiCaprio's production company bought the television rights to this. To what? To this book, The Shining Girls. That's awesome. 
That would be a very interesting TV show. I can see that as a TV yeah. show. Yeah, I could too. And because maybe each episode would be another one that he kills. They'd, they'd explain all the stuff I obviously missed about why these girls are shining and why he feels he needs to kill them. Well, and you could stretch that out. So like, right. That I mean, that'd be awesome. So yeah, The Shining Girls by Lauren Buques. B-E- B-E-U-K-E-S. Buques? Okay. Okay. So mine is true crime. And this is thanks to Jessica that I'm going to talk about this book because she <laughs> mentioned it last week. And when she mentioned it, I was like, holy shit, I got to talk about that. <laughs> if you're not doing it. And she's not here. So I claimed it. <laughs> Which news you lose. And Martha's read about it. Or read this book. So she can help me. Okay. In Cold Blood. Oh, I love that book. So See, this now is, there's a true crime book yes. that I love. And that's okay. very exciting. I know Vani would love this book. Um, and it's by Truman Capote. Um, okay, so let's go into the history of this book. This book is about two guys that murdered some people, and we'll go into that in a few minutes. But it was published six months after they were put to death. So their uh, trial, murder trial, and everything had been national news. It was published in 1966, and the murders took place in 1959. So that gives you wow. a little bit of um, like an idea at when this is happening. So he, uh, Truman Capote, um, he was an author, and well, he had, had been trying to be an author, but he decided. Uh, well, he heard. A, Okay, let me get this straight. <laughs> he went and read this Kansas newspaper that had an article in it about the murders. It was very short, um, just kind of talking a, a little bit about what was going on. Well, he decided that he wanted to write a novel that was based off of this. So they kind of call this the first true crime book ever. Mm -hmm. um, it was nominated for like... The Pulitzer Prize, although it didn't win, um, it's been it, it is literally There's a, a very movie, very of good course. book. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And it happened in Kansas. Um, it happened. Technically, it takes place like all over. Um, but the murders, the yeah. original murders, took place in Kansas, didn't mm -hmm. they? Yeah, in Oklahoma, I think. Or did they just escape to Oklahoma? I think. And then go south to Texas, and then Florida. I don't remember. Anyways, okay, so it's been a while since I read this. But the short, so essentially it is, it is about the murders of the Herbert Clutter family um, that took place in Holcomb, Kansas. And it's a quadruple murder. Um, and it was, this murder was like legit cold blood. Um, there was no reason for them to murder the, this family. Mm -hmm. um, and so the book, which without giving anything away, it is so interesting because everybody already knew that these guys were convicted of murder. Mm -hmm. um, so Truman Capote, like, he's writing, like, the story, uh, but it's, like, real. And, like, I don't know how to explain it, but this is, like, one of the first guys who, is, who could actually write something that you are so interested in, but it not just be, like, a news article. Well, and I think the, the distinction there, too, Nicole, is the fact that there was no television mm -hmm. covering the details of stuff like that back yeah. then. Well, and this had also never been done before. Like, no one had ever gone right. and sat Today, there. Today, th that book would never, that would never happen because we know all the details from the evening news. Mm -hmm. But back then, I mean, you, you just write a short little newspaper mm -hmm. article about it, and it was considered unseemly to go into those kind of details. Well, we're, we're ghouls now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and Truman Capote sweared, like swears, that every word in the entire book is completely true, that he did not make anything up. And he actually did, I think I read somewhere that he had like 9,000 pages of research on this wow. book. Like he went and interviewed these killers and he was almost like friendly with them before they were put to death. And he like, in he engulfed his entire life into this crime Jeez. but then he tells the story and but it's he so told compelling it so well yes 
And so I don't really want to give it away because no, that's... No, don't. Because if people haven't read it yet or the, if they haven't seen the movie, it, it is definitely worth a look because yeah. it... And what's so terrifying is it's real. Like, that's yeah. that's why I think true crime novel... Like, this could happen to anybody. It's like, why you lock your doors... Why you that kind of stuff, though? My God, why I you never lo- sleep at night. Lock your doors at night. Like, that's why people do. Like, the, I mean, it even talks about it. People didn't lock their doors. Well, yeah. In this town, town, it was a you small know. town, Kansas. You didn't. I, I mean, who would have thought that door. complete strangers would come in and murder your entire family exactly. just because they wanted to? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a no motive. Yeah, yeah. So essentially, this book goes between um, the family and the murders and the police officers that are trying to solve the crime, and it's very, very interesting. And you will not be able to put it down. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I thought it was excellent. It sounds good. And that's without telling you guys anything. Although you can just go research the Don't you the dare Clutter go look family. at Wikipedia and find out the details first. Read the book, people. Do I sound like an English teacher? No, but you know, I was reading this other thing today, speaking of murders. Yeah. And it was this, it was like literally a list by one of the true crime websites. And it was a list of things not to Google, like crimes not to Google. What? Like don't Google the Manson murders and Why? don't Google because Why? they actually have pictures of the stuff on Google. What? That are like massive, like the pregnant woman, I guess. I didn't Google it because I don't really want to see, see I it. I almost the read the Manson murders. The minute you tell somebody not to Google something, they're going to freaking Google I it. Then it was like, read the Manson don't Google. Murder ones. There was like this whole list of oh, stuff. And I was geez. like, there were a couple. I was like, man, I got to Google that. <laughs> yeah, right? That's what I would do. Don't the minute Google they this. tell me not to okay. do it, I'm going to do I it. I won't do it again. <laughs> oh, man. Holy crap. I feel I feel completely sketched out now. You're welcome. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't thinking about it in that way, Nicole. <laughs> what about serial killers? People that about, actually about do that? people actually do this, and that's why it's more frightening. That's one of the reasons why I don't like true crime. That's why I don't like to watch the the cop shows on TV, like like Criminal Minds. I can't and... stop. How else am I supposed to protect myself? That's a good point, Nicole. You make a very good point. <laughs> if you know. If I know that he's going to jump out of the shower, I I know where to look. When I was young, I'll tell you this story. This is a true story, 100% true. When I was young, I was so scared of vampires, right? Totally paralyzed when I would go to bed. I would, like, put the covers up around my neck, and it was horrible. I was just terrified. So I decided that I was going to the library, and I was going to read everything I could find about vampires, and the more I read, the more I realized that it was kind of ridiculous. Well, yeah, but true. <laughs> but crime. I also learned that you could carry a crucifix with you. And we weren't Catholic, so we didn't have crucifixes at our house, you know. So I was like, Mom, can I have a crucifix? She's like, No. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, yeah, that so was that vampire but not, thing. not true crime. It, but shush. Let me finish telling my story, okay? So I would read more and more and more and more about the things that frightened me. And therefore, I became less frightened because I felt prepared if the eventuality came up. <laughs> if the where a man attacked. came up to me with a cast on his arm and asked me to help him put furniture in his car, I would tell him to fuck off because I'd know it would be Ted Bundy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I felt better prepared to deal with the things that frightened me, which is why I read serial killer novels, because that kind of stuff scares the shit out of me. Who wouldn't be scared by that? Yeah. That's why I park under the streetlight and the building every night when I'm here. Well, I still do all of those things, (laughs) and I don't read them. So apparently I get my information from, I don't know, the news. Well, I can't watch the news. Or uh, the newspaper. Those are lame. Yeah. I want depth. Well, yeah. I said I want inside their But you like murder mysteries, and it's the same thing. You know what, though? I really don't. It's you okay, like, though. You know, falling. it doesn't matter who's how I liked. How we protect ourselves from things that frighten us is totally our own business. Now, wouldn't you admit that? I would like yeah. to know everything, and rather than be blissfully ignorant. See, 
See, we're on the same page, Nicole. Vonnie's out in the cold I on this I feel one. like you guys are calling me an idiot right now. No. Oh, definitely no. not. I'm just saying, just well, because I just, don't want to read true crime. No, you're I not an idiot. Read I'm just true saying, crime. like, I don't like. That's my way of. I like I'm to read about that, it. That preserves my sanity and helps me sleep at night. Mm-hmm. What you do is up to you. Travis refuses to watch because I watch Unsolved Mysteries mm-hmm. and. FBI files, mostly because I can fall asleep to the voice like in two seconds. Right. But, they always have good narrating. <laughs> uh, Travis refuses true. to watch those things with me. So he's in the same boat as you are. He's like, I do not want to watch your serial killer movies. I'm sick of FBI files. And if I have to hear Robert Stack's voice one more time, I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> well, I mean, I understand the whole preparedness and everything. But this is what happens to me when I watch too many episodes of Criminal Minds. Then when I'm walking down the street, to go into the store or something, walking down the parking lot, I think every single person who's around me is going to be a serial killer. And True so, story. you know, like, I'm like, Ooh, you know, we should see the out. hairy eyeball she just gave us. It was really if awesome. If Travis goes out of town, I have to turn the, and I watch like Unsolved Mysteries or FBI Files or like some, one of those things every single night because I fall But you should it. be watching but, the people around you in the parking well, lot. Well, I That's do the watch the point. people around me, but it makes me like, you know, when I see some, I'm like, this guy's going to, he's going to steal my purse, hit me in the head and rape me in the parking lot. Ah! I got to run. Yeah. Instead of just, you know, you know, giving him a look and looking unapproachable so the guy doesn't talk to me. But, like, so if Travis leaves, I have to turn the Unsolved Mysteries and the Forensic Files off. <laughs> because then you're freaking yourself out. Because every little noise makes you want to yes. call 911. <laughs> and then my dogs start barking because the house is empty. And then I'm like, what are you barking at? Oh like, guys, get it. And they're like, I'm not getting anything. It is Friday the 13th, so we have, we have to be extra special careful. I know. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm not superstitious. Not one bit. Neither am I. I enjoyed my Friday the 13th. Oh, by the way, speaking what? of Friday the 13th, what? I went to a doctor today <gasps> and had to make a six like appointment for six months later. Yeah. So in six months, it's going to be Friday the 13th in April. <laughs> and you so have you know. another doctor's appointment on <laughs> yes. Friday the 13th? That's yes. fantastic. I don't know. I would be a little freaked out by that. <laughs> Did you get bad news today? No. Oh, well, okay. Well, so long. No harm, no foul. <laughs> I just thought it was pretty hilarious. That is actually pretty good, though. We're all going to have major deja vu when we go, where's Nicole? She's at the doctor's. What? She was at the doctor's last Friday the 13th. Perhaps the doctor's a serial killer. (laughs) See, that's what would happen if I was watching True Crime. Be like, I can't go there because the nurse in in 2003 killed a bunch of people and they're going to drug me. Guys, I just Googled Friday the 13th, 2018 to find out all the... Damn it. Friday the 13th? Yeah. And apparently Friday the 13th, the movie... At Camp's End comes out in 2018. So there is actually a very specific name for people who are frightened of Friday the 13th. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Paris Cavita Catria Phobia. Yeah. Say that five times fast. Paris Cavita Paris Cavita Catria Phobia. Yeah, I looked it up just for this. You know, podcast. those people aren't watching any true crime right now. No, they're cowering. Pussies. <laughs> and here we are having adult beverages and talking about serial killers on Friday the, thir- the 13th. <laughs> All right. So next week, we have another theme show. One of my favorite. It's witches, right? Yes. We're doing witches next week. Boy, I got witches coming out the wazoo. I don't know how I'm going to pick. None of my witch books are... Well, I have one that I think will work for the witch book. Okay, cool. Because there's there's a coven of witches in it. Well, that'll work. But the only thing that irritates me a little bit is that witches always get thrown in with Satan worshipers. And they're not the same thing. And Wiccan isn't the same thing as worshiping Satan. Not at all. They They worship nature. Nature is their God. Right. In Wiccan. And, of course, you know, in Satanism, Satan is their... Right. So witches and Satanists are completely different. 
Well, and I think I told you this, Martha, but I got Ancestry.com because I've been uploading pictures of my grandma since she uh, passed away, like all of her family pictures. Mm -hmm. So I decided, like, I want to upload these to Ancestry.com for everybody because I had, like, way old pictures from, like, the 1800s. Oh, cool. Um, And so I put all those on there. And then I start researching, like, this one side of my family. And I keep just following the, like, Ancestry leaves. Sounds Mm -hmm. corny. And then I get to this one chick and I'm... Pretty sure she was had something to do with the Salem witch trials. <gasps> so I'm gonna go research it, and then I'm gonna go read a book about the Salem witch trials. Cool. Well, you to know. find out if that's really what there was like a news article. So I got to go figure this out. Huh. And her name was Sarah. We're gonna have a real connection which to is, the Salem witch trials on our that podcast. Would be cool. Yeah. If 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 that's what I think it was, like I'm gonna go research and see like how much. Like, or what she had to do with it, or like, you know, like, figure out why that news article was popping up with her name, mm-hmm. like, all that stuff. Because I never, I, like, looked at it and was like, it's like two hours past my bedtime, guys, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> I take my bedtime very seriously. <laughs> so. I understand. Well, I know that Turbo's a big fan of Anne Rice's witch. Um, the witching hour? Witching hour. I, I have that one on hold, but I don't think it's going to come in. Yes, he does a crappy thing. Is if you're waiting on the library, oh, in front of me. On is Jessica going to be here next week? I don't know. I'll have to send her a text. No, we could. Out. We could invite Turbo. We could. Yeah, I have to ask her. You know, with all of her friends getting married, she's yeah, got so many weddings. She's at a well, wedding every day. She's at weekend. a rehearsal dinner, so you know it could be possible that she has a wedding next weekend. <laughs> crazy that crazy girl and all of her weddings but we still love her and she'll be back eventually to to join Mm us Mm -hmm. so yeah um and then of course after that we'll have one week remaining which is sort of a catch-all category for all of the stuff that we have left over that frightens us that we didn't have a spot for (laughs) (laughs) so two more weeks after this one of scary books and then we'll go back to our normal stuff I can go back to my historical fiction? Yes, you can go back to your historical fiction. I'll go back to my really strange... You can totally find witchy historical fiction. Yeah, you can. I can't. I just didn't find she any didn't that like looked it, good. Though. Yeah. That was available at the library. See, that's that's just the thing. Is it has we're to been, be available. We've been pretty much reading exclusively, Bonnie and I, reading, reading exclusively audiobooks. Right. Which, you know, I was having this discussion on Facebook with... with um, with some some of our followers on Facebook, whether or not it counts as reading <laughs> with an audio with an audiobook, and I I have to say, of course it counts. Mm-hmm. You're still getting the information from the book. It's not an abridged. It's not like watching a movie no, where you get a like little bit of the information. You. you know, it's it's the whole book right there. So yeah, okay. But some people have a harder time concentrating on. Because um, Stacy, that I work with, actually, I uh, lent her her first audiobook and she listened to it. It did was she? CDs. Yeah, it was a Dean Koontz book ah. that I had at home. What did she think of doing she the audio? She said she liked it. She said the only bad thing was is that she would have to shut it off if she found her mind was drifting away from the book. Yeah. I could, yeah, I would totally tune it out. Yeah. The only thing I have is against audiobooks is that there's like a like your brain gets an exercise by literally reading words and then like you process them and then like it's different than like audio that's the only thing that I think is difference between listening and reading well I like to read as well yeah it's just that I get I I can get so many more books in Mm -hmm. if I listen because then I can listen when I'm actively doing other things and I don't like to just sit down and read because then I look like a slug. When, like, for me, like, the audio, I would just, I'm, I'm like, too ADD to do, like, just an audio book. <laughs> I can't even watch a movie, like, sit down and watch. I have to move or, like, I have to, like, get, I'm on my phone. Well, Travis I mean, it's totally mine. okay if you don't, if audiobooks aren't the way that you like to yeah, read. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I read Brave New World as... A regular book. And the only thing is when I read a regular book, I don't, by the time I actually sit down and have time to sit and read a book, mm-hmm. like I'll start reading it and instantly be tired. Mm-hmm. So it takes because me Because it's so, at night. 
Yeah, because yeah, it, it, so it takes me so long. Or at lunch, if I'm sitting, if I go out to my car or something at lunch, so it's quiet, and I read, I'm so tired by the end of my lunch break mm-hmm. by reading. I mean, I still like to read an actual book. It's just I can put the audio in and do other things at the same time. Did you get a nice little vodka? Woo! <laughs> I don't think you made that. I was trying to that. finish off my adult beverage since we're practically <laughs> done. And, oh, Okay, as we near the end of this podcast, I want to once again say thank you to Book Riot for featuring us as one of 15 outstanding podcasts in their article earlier this week. Thank you very much. And thanks to everybody who's listening as well. And we'll do this again next week. And that's going to do it for Three Three Book Book Girls. Girls.